Up next, the news you can use from YAA. It's your 30-minute fix for all your car questions, industry news, and tips you can use when buying your next vehicle. We're your hosts, Ray and Zach Shepska, the founders of YAA. We're here every weekday, live at noon Eastern. Check us out at joinyaa.com. Come on, get in! It's Thursday, December 2nd, and it's noon with news that you can use from YAA with your dear friends Zach and Ray. Celebrating and looking forward to uh, some hot sports tonight. We've got some NFL football, which who cares? But we've got the hottest team in basketball playing tonight, the Phoenix Suns, going for their 18th straight victory. Yeah, should be exciting, Pops. Uh, Justice, thank you for being here in the chat. I did not get the haircut yesterday. I left the office about 8.30 p.m. It was a long day, hopefully today, but it's not going to happen. Jeannie's here with us. Hey, Jeannie, happy to have you as always. Space, Mario, thanks for being here. Pops, here's the deal. There was a lead story on automotive news that we are going to jump right into. Yes. And it was it, it's a pretty it's a pretty meaty headline. And typically we hear of stories of fraud in automotive, um, but typically they come from like the local and regional news players in a particular area. This was on the homepage of automotive news. This is a pretty big deal. Yes. Oklahoma Kia dealership owner and former staffers convicted of auto loan fraud. What I'd like to do that is go through the article, explain what happened, and then also take some time to address mm, let's call them red flags that as customers you can acknowledge. And if you see them, you can know to walk away and not do business with that type of dealership. How's that sound? Okay. All right. So Bob glad you warned me that we were going to talk about red flags. I mean, okay. Like when they tell you, uh, do you have any pawnable items? That could be a red flag. Like we'll get into could, it here, but I'm fairly certain. Yeah. I'm fairly <laughs> certain these are some easy red flags for you, Dad. Bobby Mays, Charles Gooch. Just going to let that sit for a second. And Courtney Wells were found guilty of charges, including conspiracy to commit wire fraud and multiple counts of wire fraud, forgery, and aggravated identity theft. May I first, say before we get into this, yeah. these just sound like the nicest people, don't they? The sweetest people, the kind of people that you'd want to take home for, I don't know, Thanksgiving dinner or or to, to hang out with your parents because you'd be certain that they wouldn't walk out of the house with any of your parents' stuff. <laughs> okay, first red flag, Dad, two red flags. If it has red in the dealership name, like big red <laughs> Kia, red flag. If it looks like this type of dealership, I'm going to say that's a yellow flag. It's not a red flag. They could be good people just like it. Well, that's that's what those dealerships looked like back then. I mean, yeah. you know, Kia, Kia wasn't mandating that you spend zillions of dollars for the nicest looking facilities to sell their product at that time. A federal jury in November convicted an Oklahoma dealership owner and former comptroller of using fraud to fool finance companies into issuing auto loans that consumers who might have uh, to consumers who might have been denied. Otherwise, Bobby Mays, Charles Gooch, and Courtney Wells, all of Norman, Oklahoma, were found guilty just this past two weeks ago of charges including conspiracy to commit wire fraud and multiple counts of wire fraud, forgery, and aggravated identity theft. The jury convicted Mays and Gooch on, 12, on 25 counts, all those that they faced, and Wells was convicted on 19 of the 25 that she faced. She was acquitted on six. Prosecutors with the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Western District of Oklahoma said the schemes ran from January of 2014 to March of 2019 at Big Red Dealerships. A group Time out. Did Time get- out. Time out. Read that line again. Read it. Read it. Read it again. Yeah. The line about how long this went on. 
Prosecutors with the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Western District of Oklahoma said the schemes ran from January 2014 to March of 2019. That's over five years, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not good at math. That's over five years. They they were probably collecting a lot of information during that time because perhaps there had been a number of complaints during that time. And the reason I mention this hmm. is that when you when you have issues with a dealership and you file a complaint with the Consumer Affairs Office or the state's attorney general or whoever, those things are never addressed in a timely manner. And the reason for that is because they open up investigations, okay, and investigations don't happen overnight they take time and they allow these things to go on so that they can build a bigger and stronger case so even though you might have gotten ripped off and even though you might have gone to the authorities to report it it's going to take time before you see anything come of that it's just how it works unfortunately but this went on for a little over five years yeah, five you, years. Yeah, I bet you they thought they were safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they probably did. They probably did. Yeah. Okay, so oh, let me give me one second here. Our LinkedIn stream isn't working right now. That's disappointing. Okay, just get out of here. Get out of here. Buttons. Okay, share. Let's go back to the article, Pops. Okay, sorry about that. No. Yeah. All right. So it was at all their dealerships, Big Red Sports and Imports, Big Red Kia, uh, Norman Yamaha, Norman Mitsubishi, and Mays Kia. Mays 49 all, owned all five of the businesses and was the group CEO. Gooch 63 was compliance officer uh, of the dealership group until 2018 and owned part of Mays Kia and Norman Mitsubishi. And Wells 36 was the group's controller. Is, is that some type of irony that, that Gooch was the compliance officer? <laughs> We're going to leave that alone. Uh, yeah. Mays still owns Big Red Sports Imports and Big Red Kia, but must divest himself of them under the Kia dealer agreement and Oklahoma used vehicle dealership rules. Neither Gooch nor Mays owns any other businesses. Uh, sentencing will be in 90 days. Their lawyer wouldn't respond to any comments. Um, they've said that they're entirely innocent. Let's actually get into what they were doing. So federal okay. users said, Federal prosecutors, excuse me, said the dealership group used a variety of tricks to convince lenders to issue loans to customers with poor or no credit, a demographic the business had targeted. This is this is the type of stuff that really pisses me off. Big red dealerships until late 2014 reported inflated or non-existent down payments, documenting these instances internally as, quote, king cash, according to authorities. In 2015, Mays and Gooch created what authorities described as a shell pawn shop known as Norman Pawn and Gun. Go ahead, Pops. No, I wasn't going to say anything. Keep reading. The defendants told Big Red dealership staff to ask customers whether they owned items that could be pawned towards a down payment. Gooch or other staff would, quote, typically write an appraisal value of the items that matched the amount needed to satisfy a lender's cash down payment requirement, the indictment states. However, lenders were told the consumer had put cash down. According to authorities, the pond items were sometimes worth far less than the amount dispersed. Sometimes uh, some items were even broken. Still, the dealership repaid the pawn shop the amount dispersed to customers, prosecutors said. 
Mays and Gooch were convicted, but Wells was acquitted on charges related to allegations that big red dealerships accepted and reported trade-ins to fund necessary down payments on loans. But unbeknownst to the lenders, the customers late, later repurchased the trade-in vehicles, some of which didn't even run for a dollar. <laughs> Authorities said testimony indicated the conspiracy also included loans of as much as three times the vehicle's value uh, a vehicle value approved after a big red dealership manager gave cash bribes to a loan officer and the big red dealership provided fake invoices to justify the inflated prices. Really? These just, the, these just sound like some of the nicest folks, some of the most creative thinkers in all of Oklahoma. Um, and it's unfortunate. I mean, I joke, but it's unfortunate that, that a dealer principle like this uh, who who's decided to run his business as a criminal conspiracy um, gives a bad name to the dealers out there that I don't know try and operate a legitimate business, um, and and so that part of it is unfortunate. But the fortunate part is that even though it took five years for all this to come to light, and then a couple more years for it to wend its way through the court system and for them to be convicted, at least ultimately uh, justice is being served. Um, now, you know, the, the banks that were defrauded, the consumers that, that were misrepresented, um, those that, that probably now have some credit issues due to some of these uh, shenanigans, um, that's really the unfortunate part. And that's where something like, YAA comes in, where we can help educate people as to what to look out for, as to what they should should expect to see in a legitimate business transaction. So that, as we like to say, knowledge is power, but applied knowledge is what gives these consumers power. And that's we're, I guess, more in the educational side of things so that people won't fall prey to these type of tactics in the future. So go back to the beginning of that article. They targeted this business, these dealerships targeted those that had, as you like to say, those that have the least, right? Those that yes. have the previous yes. credit. And those folks, because we help a lot of them, they typically have a lot of questions, but also feel very intimidated um, by the process. So Pops, let's run back through and, and kind of explain some of the red flags. I have a follow-up question as well, but let's talk through what are some of the red flags that if you're thinking of getting financing on a card purchase, and especially if you're in a, a credit jeopardized situation, that you should be watching out for? Well, uh, obviously, if they ask you, do you have any items that, that we could run to a pawn shop so we could we could sell them and get some cash, uh, that that's not a good sign. If they beg you to say, hey, do you have a trade? Or um, do you know somebody that has a trade that we can put it in your name so that you could trade it? That's, that's a bad sign. Um, be sure to look at the credit application after, because I, I will guarantee you in these dealerships that the, the salespeople or the finance people actually asked the questions of the customers and filled out the credit applications for the customer and had the customer sign. In the dealerships that I worked in, the way we ran it, is we had the customer fill out the credit application in their own handwriting and sign it. And the reason for that is if the customer misstated what their income level was, the customer misstated it. If 
the the salesperson or a finance manager asked the question, and let's say the customer said, "Well, I make two thousand dollars a month, but under income, they put down thirty five hundred or four thousand dollars a month." Um, that's the dealership committing the fraud, not the consumer. So a red flag in a dealership is if they won't allow you as the consumer to fill out your own credit application where they ask you questions. And then typically what happens is most consumers won't look closely at it to see that they actually wrote in the information that they gave them and they'll just sign it. Yeah. So that's another red flag. Definitely. Pops, how prevalent um, are these types of actions and behaviors within the auto industry, do you think? Um, more prevalent than I would than I would like to say. I think it, I think in a lot of your mass market brands um, that appeal um, to lower income and mid income people, these are probably somewhat fairly regular practices where income levels get uh, inflated, uh, length on job might get inflated, length of time at residence might get inflated. Um, when if they need uh, five or eight references, um, that the salespeople might have references that the consumers can use. Um, so I think I think it happens at, at a lot of the mass market brand dealerships much more frequently than, than the dealer principals would like to think it does. Um, you know, I, 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 I think I related a story to you one time where I walked in on an F and I manager and he was filling out a, 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 a an when, was IRS. when was this? Huh? Pardon me? When? Uh, I don't want to say exactly when. No, um, but this was like in the nineties, wasn't it? Yes. In the nineties. That's, that's um, all I yeah. Yes, yeah, where I walked in and he was filling out a, a an IRS 1040 form. Uh, so he was, he was filling out a fraudulent tax return so he could provide that to the bank so that he could get the loan. And I said, what the hell are you doing? He goes, well, I, I've got to get this person's loan approved. I said, not like that, you don't. Okay. He says, well, if I don't do it, somebody else will. Okay, let somebody else. You're not going to be the one. We're not going to be the dealership that participates in this. Okay, that's not how it works. That's not how you do things. And part of, uh, oh. pardon me. I was just gonna say, part of the reason I asked the question is because like I've heard you share those stories like that, and I actually remember, Dad. Didn't you work for um, one of the dealerships you worked for in Maryland? Didn't he end up getting sued by Nissan? Um, uh, that wasn't in Maryland. That was somewhere else. Um, yeah. And 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 the potential. I mean, the where Nissan had a had a first time buyers program, and if you didn't have any credit at all, they would treat you as if you had good credit. So that's um, a, and if you didn't have any negative credit, they so so the the. Pops, they, I was talking about another Nissan story. Like I actually have the Auto News article pulled up. Like I'm talking about this one, which you'll remember when I pulled up from 2019. Which one was this? <laughs> exactly. There's, yeah, there's just, there's too many. Unfortunately. You used to work at Tisher Acura. This was after your time there, but like, they, they yes, I did. Yeah, yes. they screwed something up with the floor plan and they well, were, they didn't screw anything up. They, they weren't paying off the cars. They were, they were what's known as out of trust. They were, they were selling cars 
okay, and they didn't have the money to actually pay off the cars that they sold under their floor plan agreements. They weren't necessarily paying off trades in a timely fashion. And and so, yes, ultimately, they were forced to sell the dealerships. So let that. that sink in for a moment. I literally just brought up Nissan and fraud. And you were like, no, 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 this is the other fraud. It wasn't in Maryland. It was the one, in, like, whatever other. Yeah, state. but I, I, I don't know if I was, I wasn't there when that happened. No, so I know, that's I'm why. Just saying, I'm just saying it's so yeah. prevalent. I was, I was at another Nissan dealership at, at one point in time where uh, we got a call from Nissan. Uh, that during the this first time buyers program that they had proof that that we had run a credit report on a customer under a certain name and the credit was horrible and then a few minutes later we ran another credit report under the customer's name but they left off part of the name and they didn't put in the social security number and it came back that they didn't have any credit and so Nissan Motor Acceptance Corporation approved this customer as a first-time buyer, and uh, and then when we were presented with that documentation, um, Nissan Finance asked us what we would like to do about it and how quickly we would like to buy back that loan, um, which we bought back rather quickly, and and obviously we had to make some adjustments in staffing uh, because somebody took it upon themselves. It, 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 I don't know what happens to people, but but they they lose the ability to think rationally. They they let the idea of being able to make a percentage of a thousand dollar profit, and and that percentage might be fifteen or eighteen percent. So let's say they could have made one hundred and eighty bucks. They sell their soul for one hundred and eighty bucks. I mean, I realize everybody's pretty much got a price. Yeah, what's yours? Damn it. You you would think you would think your price has to be more than 180 bucks. You're not going to. I mean, me the money. The, show me the money. <laughs> no, it's like give me your soul. Sell me <laughs> your soul for 180. I mean, you know, a couple million maybe. 180. Come on, jeez, you you can't even go to a nice, a really nice restaurant and buy an anniversary dinner for you and your wife with 180 bucks. You're gonna you're gonna ruin your whole reputation, your your professional reputation for 180 bucks to help somebody get a car that shouldn't have a car. Stop it. That's just me. What can I say? All right, let's go to the chat really quick. Yeah, crazy. And also, I'm going to ask uh, everyone that's here with us a question. If you want more dealership stories from my dad's experience when he was selling cars back in the 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, or even in the 2010s, leave a comment here on the chat. Um, maybe we'll toss some of those up here on the Rain Zach channel. That'd be really fun to kind of get you with a, a glass of whiskey and, and sharing some stories. Igor says, there are yes. a lot of washy, questionable business practices going on at a lot of dealership groups. I always slept good at night because I did everything by the book. Yep. Yeah, it's much easier that way. Yeah, it really, really is. Um, we've got, uh, uh, man, USA, is, is, is it like Eric? I forget what your name is. I'm sorry, man. I'm really, really sorry. But anyway, I can say I was ripped off, and thank you for watching on Twitch. I can say I was ripped off, but thank you to the market and some extra payments. I'm about uh, negative equity of $100, but also learned from both of you that I can ask for 500 more since I have two keys and all the service history. Absolutely. It's true. Yeah. Market. yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Sam's here with us. He says, it sounds like a clip out of a Fargo movie. Jimmy says, is it all illegal? Is it all legal till someone gets caught? I guess that's probably how they well, felt. Well, that, that's, the way, that's the way most criminal minds operate. Okay? Yeah, yeah. That's truly the way most criminal minds operate. Is that, of course, it's legal until you get caught. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Let's talk about another legal issue that's top of mind in automotive right now. Yesterday, we were talking about Hertz and them getting taken to small claims court because they were screwing things up for their customers. Yeah, but, happened but, to be lawyers. Yeah, but they should be taken to like big claims court for the for the way they treat their customers. I, I mean, and one thing about that that lawyer on, on yesterday, she yeah. is looking into the possibility of a class action suit. Okay, um, and I posted on TikTok and that TikTok's got like, 300 or 400,000 views already. The comments on it are scary because this is happening often, very, very often. And I'm hopeful that if this TikTok blows up, millions of people see it, join this class action lawsuit. Like, yeah, you can't be doing that to people. It's illegal. Well, and, you know, what, you need yeah, more Teslas. Yeah. I, and, you know, it, they might have to cancel their Tesla orders because they'll be reimbursing all these people and then they'll be filing for bankruptcy again. You heard it here first. Yeah. All right. So other legal issues in the world of automotive. We've got the headline, California dealership sues BMW and Mercedes over lease buyout rules. If you are unfamiliar with this, all of the, I'll say all, I, I, I imagine it is all of them. All of the manufacturers decided at some point this year, although some had previously already done this, like Ford, for example, that you could no longer sell or you could no longer get a payoff directly to a third party uh, at the end of your lease term. Instead, you'd have to go back through one of their dealerships. A California dealer said, I don't like that. I, I want to be able to buy leased cars from people. You should be able to send me a payoff. I'm really surprised to see a dealer stand up, especially a dealer like Calabasas luxury motor cars. I feel like they probably got bigger, you know, better fights to 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 fight, but they're taking BMW and Mercedes-Benz to court. They don't agree with this idea that they shouldn't be able to pay off people's leases. Um well, yeah, and and you know, they have lawyers and uh, uh, BMW has lawyers and Mercedes-Benz has lawyers. And my guess is that since BMW and Mercedes-Benz are bigger companies than Calabasas luxury motor cars, their pockets are deeper and they can afford the better lawyers. Um, and I, and probably somewhere within the confines of every lease contract that's signed, since the lease card does not belong to the person who's making the payment, it, they are not the owner of it. So as if you're not the owner, you can't necessarily control the outcome at the end. You have, you have three options. You can turn it in, you can you can uh, uh, and walk away from it. You can turn it in, get into another vehicle, or if you'd like, you can buy it for the residual value. Those are your three options. I don't know necessarily anywhere where it says, "Oh, and feel free to trade it anywhere you want." It's not your car. That's the thing, though, Dad. For a very long time, it was treated as eh, it's kind of your your car, like as. As a OEM, as a captive lender, like we don't care where you sell it. They didn't care. They didn't care. And essentially what's happened is, well, now we care because we, we, need, to, we need to support our franchise dealers. We have this agreement with them that they need inventory. We can't give them enough inventory because we can't make new cars. What's one way to force cars to go back into their hands? Well, if you want to buy or pay off your, um, uh, your Mercedes-Benz lease or your BMW lease, you're at lease end. 
you got to go back to a dealership to do it. When in the past, you could have gone to CarMax, Carvana, Vroom, and they could have stroked the check for you. They yes. could have done that. Now, if you want to sell to Carvana, CarMax, Vroom, or Calabasas luxury motors, motor cars, you, the customer, have to buy it because of your right. I always, in my contract, have the right to buy it at the pre pre-negotiated yes. residual price. That just adds all this friction. We've done many videos. We've done a few videos in the past, actually, that we like literally, I think the title might be this. We can't believe how anti-consumer this is. And I got really heated about it. You didn't. You you get it because it's a contract and like, yes, it is what it is. But I got pretty heated because it's this policy came at a time when consumers were in a position to really benefit from the fact that they have these lease vehicles and they still can, but we're making yes. it more challenging for them. And that to me is a perfect example of corporations not looking out for the their customers. It's looking out for their own bottom line. Well, it, it would be similar to you saying, you know, this office I'm in, you know, the one we rent on a monthly basis, I'm going to sell my part of it. It's not yours to sell. It's not yours to re-rent. It's not yours to sublease. You're you're you are renting it, and that's what you're doing with a lease car. But I get where you're coming from. You know, in 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 the olden days, you know, all the way back to 2019, and well, all of 2020, and most of 2021, the captive lenders didn't care. It you know they didn't enforce any of these provisions because they didn't care. There were enough exactly. new cars, there were enough used cars out there, and now there isn't. And they feel, and I and I get it, and I get why they feel this way, they have an obligation to their dealer body, the ones that built their facilities, the ones that pay for all these new cars that come in, um, to be able to make sure that they have pre-owned cars to sell. Um, is it inconvenient at the moment for some people? Yes, it is. Do they still have the option of being able to pay it off themselves or buy it themselves and then do with it whatever they want? Yes, they do. Um, so it's not quite as anti-consumer uh, as as we all might like to believe. Um, and I get why Calabasas Luxury Motor Cars wants to do it. Uh, you know, these are their bread and butter brands that as a as a pre-owned luxury car dealer, they're trying to get their hands on. And they can at the moment because so many people who drive, especially in California, who drive uh, Mercedes Benzes and BMWs and Lexus and, and those type of brands, they lease them. They yeah. don't buy them. And if it it's it, it's it reduces the available inventory for Calabasas. So their position is going to be, yeah, but you're hurting our our profitability as a dealership. You're you're preventing us from being able to compete in this marketplace. And that's not fair. Now, however, the courts rule in California, the courts will, will rule. But you know, I I I applaud them for for putting forth the effort and bringing the lawsuit, whether or not they'll, it'll bring the outcome that they're looking for, I don't know. I sort of kind of doubt it. So I've been studying um, for the insurance producer license here in the state of Maryland. Um, it's something that we need so that we can sell uh, extended warranties in the state of California. And one of the things I recently learned, Dad, as part of, um, as part of my studies for this, and I'm actually going to pull up, up on the screen, hopefully I don't get in any trouble for this, but there's this concept called estoppel, okay? Let me make this a little bigger. 
An estoppel means that once a right has been waived, it cannot be reinserted and used against the insured. So this is like if your insurance company, had, let's say like the, the, the date you have to pay your premium is by the 10th of each month, but for the past five years, you paid it on the 15th of each month. And now a new you know, CEO comes in and says, cancel that person's policy uh, because they've been paying it late. Like you can't do that. There's actually this concept called estoppel. Like, okay. Yeah, or actually, you have it right here. The building, if they didn't ask about the building age, but then the building burns down and then they learn that it was built in 1864, they can't just say like, oh, no, we don't want to do it. We didn't, you know, we, 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 uh, we passed that. Also, there's this waiver concept, right? Like if you don't, it's an intentional and voluntary giving up of a known right. I'm bringing this up because those apply for insurance products, like your auto insurance. All insurance <laughs> products have waivers and estoppel. And it's kind of like what's happened here in the lease contracts, but those aren't insurance. But those concepts do exist in other contracts that consumers sign all the time, which is like, oh, you're waiving your right to like force me to somewhere and not somewhere else. And then they're coming back and they're doing this. That's why, to me, it kind of sticks out. It's like within other industries, there are literally rules and regulations that block these things. And in this industry, there isn't. And so I get it. That rule and regulation isn't here. But in insurance, it is. So to me, it's a little eye-opening. As I'm doing this studying, I'm seeing some of the parallels uh, of what is and isn't implemented within uh, like lease contracts or auto in general. Well, you know, uh, there are financial obligations that are considerably different than some of the other things that you're talking about. Definitely, definitely. Jimmy uh, says estoppel sounds like a Wikipedia made-up word. I hope not because I have to take an exam on it. Wow. Yeah, well, don't get, don't get stopped by the estoppel. Neil has a question, Pops. <clears throat> Excuse me. Is there an option to extend the lease another year? It depends on the lease company. Uh, some lease companies will allow you to extend it for up to a year. Others might say three months. Some might say six months. Some might just be willing to do it on a month-to-month -month basis for a uh, for a short term. I hope that I hope that answered the question. Well, done, in as vague a manner as it could, but it, it depends on every, the lease every company. lease company is different. Yes, yeah, different. We, we've heard ever since the COVID pandemic, a lot of these companies have been allowing their customers to do month yes. months or even three and six month extensions. Yes. Yeah. I know, for instance, BM, BMW will let you extend it if you've ordered a car and your new car is being built, but it's not in yet. Yeah. They'll, yeah. they'll be gracious enough to uh, extend it until your new vehicle gets in. Nicely, nicely done. Okay, Pops, that was the 30-minute legal half hour, power half hour with YAA. So we have the convicted <laughs> dealer. Yeah, go ahead. Power half hour. I like that. Yeah. I never can make it a full hour. So it's like we just do the power half hour. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 No, I get it. Yeah. I'll give you half power for the half hour. <laughs> Um, so we have that dealership in Oklahoma. Again, if they're asking you if you can pawn off items in your home, that's a red flag. Always fill out your own credit application. Don't let them fill it out for you. And then we've got the dealership in Calabasas pushing back against the big boys saying, hey, let us let us buy these leased cars. We really, really want to. And the Hertz story from yesterday. There's a lot of legal things going on in auto right now, and we'll keep you abreast of them. Well, we'll do our best, that's for sure. As As the breaking news comes in, the breaking news shall go out. Uh, Igor says, Zach, call me. I'm going to do it right now, Igor. I got to hit the end broadcast button, then I'm going to pick up the phone. Okay, cool. All right, Pops. I love you. I'll talk to you later today. Love you, too. You're talking to me later today for what? Oh, I don't know. I just assumed. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> See ya. Bye-bye. <laughs> Join us again next time. Which is probably tomorrow. To get the news you can use from YAA. 
YAA is your trusted source for all things auto. Thanks for listening. See you soon. Thank <laughs> you.